On today's episode, we are reviewing the World Junior Championships quarterfinals and semifinals while also looking ahead to the gold medal game between the United States and Sweden. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we bring to you everything prospects five days a week, Monday through Friday. I'm your host, Sebastian High, and it is another solo episode for me. Uh, my co-host, Hattie Kalakesh, is still out with COVID, uh, and hopefully he'll be back as of next week. But for the time being, you're stuck with me, and we've got a massive episode for you all today. We are going to start off by reviewing the quarterfinals of the World Junior Championships, which, which featured three phenomenal games of hockey. Then we're going to move on to the semifinals for the second segment and had another two very good games to, to break down there, especially that uh, USA versus Finland game. And last, we're going to look ahead to the gold medal game between the States and Sweden. And we're going to have to see if the home team's going to be able to, to take home the gold medal. Now, before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in free bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduelcom slash lockdown to get started. So let's jump, jump right into the action with the first game of the quarterfinal, Slovakia versus Finland. This was a thrilling game that ended very early in overtime and had a lot of very fun storylines. We're seeing Jesse Polkinen continue to play some excellent hockey in the biggest tournament for draft-eligible prospects, and he may even garner himself a first round pick come draft day in June. We're going to have to keep an eye on, on him this season. Beyond that, Philip Meshar continued to play some excellent hockey. He almost saved the day for Slovakia, uh, tying up the game at three, very, very late in the third, I think with like 40 seconds left to go in the game. And while it didn't end up being quite enough with Finland taking it away in overtime, it was a valiant effort. And both Philip Meshar and Servak Petrovsky, who in my eyes were Slovakia's two most impactful forwards, finished the tournament with nine points in five games respectively. So those are two players that uh, just were playing some really excellent hockey and I think especially for Habs fans, seeing Philip Meshar take the stride that he has this season with Kitchener in the OHL and now as well internationally at the World Junior Championships, the biggest stage for a player his age, is really promising. And he was really able to, to show just how creative of a playmaker he is in this, in, in this tournament. And beyond that, just how capable of a creator and distributor he is in the offensive zone. The play was consistently flowing through Meshar. But let's focus on Finland since they did win this game. Yeri Lasala is playing some excellent hockey in this tournament. The undrafted captain uh, of Finland, who is a D plus two. So he, he's going into his final uh, year eligibility at the draft. Uh, 
he is making a very solid case for himself to get drafted. He scored the game-winning goal in overtime going end-to-end, which is a goal of a lifetime, truly. It was a beautiful move. He faked to the outside, forced the defender to commit that way, and then like rocketed right up the middle, splitting the defense, and uh, putting putting the puck in with his with his backhand after the goalie bit on the forehand fake as well. So really pretty goal for Yeri Lasala. And while his tournament has at this point ended, as we're going to see in the next segment, very, very promising things from this player. And definitely someone that we're going to keep an eye on on this podcast as the year progresses as a potential draft eligible this year, even though he is a couple years older than, than, than first-time draft eligibles, he certainly is going to garner some attention with his performances in this tournament. Now, the big game of the quarterfinals was Canada versus Czechia, and that was a doozy. Tremendous game. I, I, I had a blast <laughs> with this one. It was so close the entire game and it did not feature the dominant Canadian team that I think fans and scouts and analysts alike were perhaps expecting heading into the tournament. Now, I I do think there are many reasons for that. Uh, Having not quite worked out, I think that the roster decisions, both from a coaching and a management standpoint, were questionable at best throughout this tournament really doubling down on uh, on on the grit and the physicality in a tournament that is recently being won by teams that are skilled and are able to just completely blow their opponents out of the water with goal scoring and playmaking and creativity and that is not what this team Canada was built to achieve and I think that there's definitely some questions to ask on that front for next year's tournament from a roster building standpoint. What type of roster actually is the most efficient for the World Junior Championships in today's day and age of hockey? That's a question that I'm sure that we can delve into in a, in a later episode. I think uh, Hattie would also have a blast answering that one. But it, it was a fascinating game here, and uh, I thought that... Um, that 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 Stansel had a very very strong game for Czechia, the St. Louis Blues prospect. Who, while he has a rather limited toolkit, uh, being having a heavy shot and some decent hands and tight at times when he's under single variable pressure, but he has been scoring at an impressive rate in this tournament and he put the game to bed for Czechia scoring two of their of their three goals including the game winner in the final minute of regulation to to put it away and get Czechia through to the, to the next round uh, i also want to spend a little bit of time on that sweden versus uh, switzerland game the the game that almost had the the home nation upset in the quarterfinals, which would have been tremendously dramatic, especially following that Canada upset where, I mean, first time that Canada lost in the quarterfinals since 2019. Doesn't happen very often. But the Sweden versus Switzerland game was a fascinating one because Switzerland was really, um, like, very like determined and resilient in their approach to this game. And I thought that they all bought into a, a the, the team philosophy. They were playing as a unit and Sweden wasn't expecting them to be as effective as they were. And while Switzerland definitely lacks the star power of a lot of the other teams in this tournament, they held their own in this game, bringing it to overtime. 
And I thought that Robin Dionizio had another strong game. And while it was his penalty in the end, that's that, that access on the Impelica uh, score and power play of, I thought that he was uh, again, yet again, Switzerland's best player in this game. But it was a, a scare for for Sweden to to say the least to almost be upset in, in this in this tournament in Gothenburg, uh, but they ended up making it through anyways. And the final game of the quarterfinals was the United States versus Latvia, which was a seven to two victory for the States. It was very convincing. Uh, weren't too many talking points for Latvia. It was definitely a dominant victory for the States where the skilled players were the best players on the ice. And those happened to be mainly American players with the one notable exception being Danzlok Mellis, who had a tremendous game. His last two games of this tournament have just been great. He's a Boston Bruins forward prospect drafted in 2022. And he scored both of Latvia's goals in this game, which is no small feat, uh, especially against a very strong American roster and a red-hot Jacob Fowler in net in that game. But the Americans were just too much for Latvia to handle. You saw multi-point efforts from Seamus Casey and Oliver Moore and Cutter Gautier, who's really been ramping up his performances here in the elimination round. Uh, and Will Smith is even starting to get on the score sheet a lot more often now, which is very promising uh, to see for fans of uh, USA hockey with the gold medal game now on the horizon. But that wraps up this first segment. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to be breaking down the, the two semifinal games and digging a little bit deeper into those ones. But before that, here's a quick word from our sponsors over at Sleeper. We're almost at the halfway point of the NHL season, and regardless of where your team lies in the standings, you can still get in on the action with daily fantasy hockey over at Sleeper. Sleeper is our number one choice for your daily fantasy hockey and overall daily fantasy sports needs, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. To win 100 times your money on Sleeper, all you have to do is correctly predict the outcome of eight specific player stats, and you can get creative with those. It only takes a couple of minutes to fill out your entry every single day, and you can bet on some of the young studs of the league, as I think we here on this podcast would do, or you can play it safe and go with the Sidney Crosbys and Connor McDavid's of the league, who seem to be putting up a point or two every single night. So use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Alrighty, let's dig into these semifinal games, which had a ton of action and lots of interesting storylines to kind of dig into. Let's start off with the first game, the home team, Sweden versus Czechia. This was a tight one throughout. It was 2-2 for the longest time in the game, and Czechia was certainly in it. They lacked the same star power of Sweden, but uh, they were playing some pretty solid hockey. I thought that Yuri Kulik, despite not exactly lighting it up on the score sheet, uh, had a really solid game. He was making a lot of the small plays really, really well, creating small, subtle advantages, especially in the defensive and neutral zones. And that was important for Czechik to kind of stay in this. But as the game progressed, Sweden's 
consistent assaults just kept uh, putting Czechia back on their heels. And in the third period, the floodgates opened. I thought that Noah Eslin and Jonathan McCaramacki were tremendous in this game, constantly creating offensive opportunities for Sweden. And another standout player, one that I wasn't expecting to be playing hockey quite this well at this tournament, who's even a last-minute addition to the Swedish roster, Theo Lindstein. Another St. Louis Blues prospect. Pretty good episode for for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, Jimmy Stugger is playing some good hockey here as well at the tournament. But Lindstein, who was the 22nd overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft, which was a reach in my book, and I think a lot of public scouts would agree with me on that front, he is playing some excellent hockey, uh, and I'm, I'm seeing a level of decisiveness and composure and reliability and consistency in his game that I have not been used to seeing at all. Uh, my, progress, my, my projection for him on draft day was perhaps like a bottom pairing defenseman, pretty high floor but low ceiling type, but the way he's playing right now, he's unlocking a passing game that is really quite impressive. He sprung Noah Eslin for a beautiful breakaway uh, for the 3-2 goal, which was just so important for Sweden there in the third period. And uh, he even scored a goal himself, really getting in on the offense. But it's been his defensive effort that, that I've been most impressed with. His gap control has been really, really consistent. And he's overall been one of the more reliable bodies on that blue line for Sweden, which I don't think many fans were expecting coming into this tournament. But Sweden's big names ended up really contributing on the score sheet. And that's been one thing that I've been very impressed with with Sweden in this tournament. It's that whenever they've needed a goal from one of their big names, one of them has come through, whether it be Axel Sandin Pelika in overtime against Switzerland, or Jonathan Lekaramaki with a brace in this game, scoring two goals, or Noah Östlund being a dynamic offensive driver. You always have one of the big names really step up their games when their uh, backs are against the walls. And that is something that Sweden will have to leverage in the gold medal game to stand a chance against that really, really stacked American roster. But let's move on to that USA versus Finland game, which was even more dramatic and exciting to watch than the first one uh, today. Uh, Finland uh, came out of the gate flying in this game with a really solid game plan. Uh, it was clear that you had all 13 forwards and seven defensemen buy into the game plan of Really, really, really intense forechecking and tight gap control and overall suffocating defensive play in all three zones. And that had the Americans back on their heels in the first period. They did not expect to be under such consistent pressure uh, right out of the gate. And Finland was able to force turnovers and force mistakes from very, very early on in the game. And they took an early 2-0 lead as a result. And as a result, the Americans were trailing uh, for a solid half hour uh, to start the game. And that's not something that we've seen at all in this tournament. I think they trailed a total of like four or five minutes uh, combined in this tournament prior to this game. So Finland had an excellent game plan, but credit to the, the United States, their coaching adapt adaptations at the first intermission were extremely successful. You saw them alter their style of play to being less focused on 
making big dramatic passes uh, from the in the breakout and rather going for a more consistent approach in transition the slower and more composed buildup to counteract the the high intensity forecheck and you saw the American forwards especially their the, their center depth consistently starting to drop low into the defensive zone to support the, de the defenseman in the breakout which made a big difference in the second and third periods and I thought that Oliver Moore had an excellent game as a first-line left winger for the States. Love the way that he's playing. I think he's such a versatile player. And his 12 points in 18 NCAA games so far this season just don't reflect his level of offensive skill or the high-end defensive ceiling that he also has. So that, that was nice to see in this game. But as the game progressed, you saw the State's big offensive talents also really come to play. Cutter Goatsy had a really solid third period. He scored the game winner in this one. And while he was scoring at like two points a game in the preliminary stage, I thought that there were still quite a lot of like flaws in this game where he was shooting reflexively whenever he had the puck uh, in the offensive zone and could have had a handful of more assists than he even did uh, if he were looking for passes more regularly. But in this game, uh, I, I saw a different cutter go say one that was a lot more comfortable in possession and patient in possession, which was really the big thing in the, in the, in the group stages of rushing shots when there were alternative options. And in this one, he was far more of a play connector than he'd been earlier on this tournament, which is certainly promising to see for fans of USA Hockey because they're going to need Cutter Goatsey to be at his best in that gold medal game against their now arch rivals, Sweden. And we'll dig into that a little bit more in the final segment of the episode. But first, we'll listen to a little message from our sponsors over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, and but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in free bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, that you can spend on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far more. Whether you want to bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl or your favorite quarterback to throw for a couple of touchdowns in the next game, the choice is yours with FanDuel. So the next time that you go to watch your favorite team in whichever sport play live, consider uh, spending a little bit on a same-game parlay to make the action just a little bit more exciting. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, now that we've reviewed all the massive six games of action that we've had so far in the elimination rounds let's look ahead we'll mainly focus on the gold medal game but we'll also give you a little preview on that bronze medal game which is coming first and let's start with that get get that out of the way here first which is still going to be a really fun game finland versus czechia is a pretty even matchup and it's going to be interesting to see which players exactly are going to step up for their teams to secure a spot on that podium whether it's going to be yuri kulik for czechia or maybe even Konsta hellenius the draft eligible who's been playing some pretty good hockey in this tournament despite the production never having quite gotten there he's been 
Finland's most consistent play driver offensively. That's been for sure. And um, maybe he gets in on the score sheet a little bit more in the, in this game as well, but it's going to be an interesting one. Two very evenly matched teams. I think that among the defensive cores, you definitely have an advantage there with Finland, especially with how Jesse Polkin has been playing. He played another excellent game against the United States. I thought that the level of composure that he was demonstrating in possession of the puck, especially in the defensive zone, the breakout against pretty heavy forecheck from the, from the States, you'd see him very, very calmly just kind of marauding around the defensive zone. And he coughed up the puck once or twice in those situations and immediately regained possession with a quick defensive play, making great use out of his long reach. I mean, six foot six, he can really get a stick in from a, from pretty far away. But uh, yeah, he always recovered with, with, with tremendous composure and patience. And when you combine that mental aptitude for the game of hockey with the tremendous physical toolkit, like I mean, the size, of course, but the silky hands, the the really fluid mobility, and the cohesive offensive toolkit as a as, as a playmaker, which has been more and more visible as this tournament has progressed. Very interesting player who I think is going to have a decent shot at being uh, called up on stage in the first round of the 2024 NHL draft. The World Juniors are always one of the most important tournaments on draft day. And Jesse Polkinen has been one of the two or three best defensemen in this entire tournament. So if he's able to, to really make a mark on that bronze medal game, I could really see it going Finland's way. And, and for that reason, I think I'm going to lean Finland in terms of likely bronze medal victors. But as I said, it's a really tight game. But moving on to that gold medal game, this is going to be a fascinating one. The United States and Sweden are really becoming arch rivals for this age group. Both of the last U18 World Championships had a gold medal game of the USA versus Sweden as well. So basically all the star players on both of these lineups have already been in one or even two of these matchups at the U18 level, which is only going to ramp up the intensity in this gold medal game at the U20s. And... I, for one, am excited to see what happens. I mean, in 2023 at the U18s, you saw the U.S. beat out uh, Sweden. And the year before that, it was the other way around. Sweden beat the States. So this is kind of going to be the game that wraps up the rivalry in this age group before all these players end up graduating to pro hockey, many of whom are going to be longtime NHL players. And yeah, there's a lot to dig into in this. I mean, the United States have a far more skilled roster on paper than Sweden, which is saying something because Sweden's roster, in my eyes, is the second most skilled in this entire tournament, even uh, outskilling Canada on paper, in my mind. But the states really are just built on pure raw skill, top to bottom, forward and defense. And... On the flip side, Sweden is built on a more solid foundation. Their defensive core has a little bit less offensive flair, though they still have players like Axel Sandin Pelika in there that Matthias Havelid, who are rather capable offensive defensemen. But the States, uh, on for their side, have guys like Lane Hudson and Zeev Buyam and Seamus Casey. And that being said, they lack the same level of talent for two-way defensemen. 
you're seeing guys like Lane Hudson play big time penalty killing minutes, which just isn't quite their forte. And with Sweden's offensive core, you really do have players settling into the roles that they are extremely comfortable with, that they've been playing for their entire lives. And it kind of makes the defensive structure a lot more solid at the foundation, especially at five on five. I like the balance of pairings that Sweden has. I think that they have the strongest defensive core in this entire tournament. And while the States do have better goaltending on paper, I would take uh, both uh, Jacob Fowler and Trey Augustine over Hugo Havillet on paper. Hugo Havillet is dominant at the World Juniors, and he was at the U18s as well uh, a year and a half ago. And uh, that means a lot. I mean, we see it with guys like Adam Guyon. Certain goaltenders just excel at this tournament, and you are never really likely to be betting against a streaky goaltender in tournaments with small sample sizes like this one. So it's going to be a fascinating game. Of course, uh, the United States have the advantage in terms of the forward course, while, of course, with Sweden, you have high-end goal scoring in Jonathan LeCaramaki, who has taken some really big strides in his game over the last year in my mind. He was a player that I was quite skeptical of on draft day. I think I had him ranked like 27th overall, which was about 10 to 15 slots too low now in retrospect. But while the shooting talent's always been there, that has always kind of been the one thing. But I've seen him like really layer so much more deception into his game, and the playmaking ability has grown a lot. The ability to, to shoot off balance and still rifle the puck top corners improved significantly as well to be a really versatile sniper from anywhere in the offensive zone. He's going to be key for Sweden. He has to score a goal or two in this game, and you're going to have to see guys like Noah Esland and Liam Ergren continue to play some excellent hockey at both sides of the rink. And uh, yeah, because the States just have that incessant talent. When you have a third line of Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and Gabe Perot, you have depth. That is that that was the best line that I've seen in junior hockey in the last three years. And the fact that they are that far down in the depth chart in that lineup is rather indicative of the amount of skill that the States have, but it's going to be a rather exciting gold medal game. I cannot wait for it, and I hope that you're all going to be able to tune into it as well, maybe with a nice uh, cup of coffee or tea, lean back and enjoy uh, being indoors in the frigid winter temperatures. But yeah, I think that wraps things up for this episode. And uh, we're going to tune back in when we know who has won the 2024 World Junior Championships. I can't wait to break that down for you all. And that being said, until next time, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this, to this on whichever uh, audio streaming platform, uh, please consider uh, coming tuning back in uh, every single weekday for a new episode. And yeah. Um, that wraps things up for this one.